Hi guys! So, welcome back! This is episode number two of Model Stop Traffic. My name is Air, and I'm going to be walking you through today what human trafficking is and how it's affecting the U.S. I know it's a little bit of a switch from our first episode, but you'll be able to understand very quickly how this all comes together. That being said, I hope you definitely enjoy what I have in tune for you guys, and I hope that if you have any questions, you feel free to reach out to me. I'm on every social media platform that you can name, and then also I have my own website. So let's get to it. Let's start with a disclaimer. The information used in this podcast is designed to be helpful information on the subject of human trafficking and raising awareness. It's not meant to be used, nor should it be used, towards any type of formal training or CEU credits. That being said, this is for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute endorsement of any of these organizations or stats that I'm going to be speaking to you guys about. Readers should be aware and that these organizations, websites, and stats are subject to change. And honestly, I hope they do. Hi guys, so it's Air. I'm so excited to be able to tell you guys about human trafficking today. Honestly, because it's very near and dear to my heart. But today we're only going to go over a couple of things because I don't want to overwhelm you and this is a lot. So today we're just going to start at the basics. We're going to talk about what is human trafficking, how does it happen, and then just a couple of the myths that do occur with human trafficking. So let's just start from the top. As you guys know, my name is Air and I am definitely a human trafficking awareness advocate. I've wrote the book Model Stop Traffic, and I've been on several different platforms, stages, news stations, and even television productions talking about human trafficking and how it's affected my life and the fact that it's affected several lives that I've been touched with. So getting straight into it, a lot of people in the U.S. don't necessarily understand that human trafficking is a problem here. They tend to think that it has to be happening somewhere else in some third world country. That's not the case. And since it's not the case, I'm here to tell you what is the case. The fact that human trafficking does happen around the world, but it also happens here. And of that, I can definitely tell you that human trafficking has touched you in one way or another, or it will if we don't do something about it now. Okay. So you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, human trafficking. This is going to be a very heavy topic, and with that being said, I don't know if this is like the best time to talk about it. Well, that only tells me that this is the best time to talk about it. Because there's going to be a lot of things that are popping in your head right now on what you think human trafficking is, that it isn't. And maybe you do have some kind of picture of what it is and how it looks in the U.S. And if that's the case, just allow me to give you a little bit more of a sharper lens. So what is domestic human trafficking? So, human trafficking is the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for the purpose of labor, services, 
or some type of commercial sex act through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. That's just the definition, and that's actually straight out of Polar's project. Human trafficking, to make it into the layman's terms, just means that you're being forced to do something, some type of fraud is happening against you, or some type of coercion is making you not have choice. And that's going to be the key word when it comes to human trafficking. There is no choice. Now, a lot of people will think that choice is always an option. You choose to get out of the bo- um, out of the bed in the morning, or you choose to go to work, or you choose to sleep with that person or this person, or you just choose. Well. It's not always that easy. And that's where the force, fraud, and coercion really comes into play. So, that all being said, um, there is domestic minor trafficking, which is going to be also known as DMST, which is even more strict on human trafficking in its own umbrella. Just for a rule of thumb before I give this definition out, In the U.S., if you are under the ages of 18 and below, no matter what, it is not a choice. It is human trafficking. There's no real choice with a minor. They're just a child. So, for the actual definition, we're going to be looking at prostitution, pornography, or sexual performances by anyone under the age of 18 years old in the United States. That is commercial exploitation of a child. So now we're talking about this thing called sex trafficking, and there is different forms of human trafficking. I will be honest in the fact that my main focus tends to be in fighting sex trafficking, but with that being said, all forms of human trafficking should be fought. So sex trafficking in itself occurs when a commercial sex act is being induced by that force, fraud, or coercion. Remember, no choice. Or which the person is induced to perform such an act that is not attained under the age of 18. Just going back to the fact that if you are under 18, it's human trafficking. Alright, so hopefully that cleared it up a little bit for you. I know that there's going to be a lot of questions, and feel free to definitely reach out to me on my website, which is just A-I-R-I-C-A-K-R-A-E-H-M-E-R.com. Arishia Kramer or Eric Kramer, depending on who you are contacting me as. And you can definitely email me through that website as well. So, let's keep going. So now we talked about domestic human trafficking, that it's in the U.S. Okay, you're probably thinking, air, you keep saying it's in the U.S., you keep saying it's all over the world, what do you mean? So going back to that whole Polar's project, Polar's project dedicates all of their research towards finding out more about human trafficking on a global scale. Just to make that make a little bit more sense, it just means they pull all the stats that they can and then make it public for all of us to look at. That's how I know that there's 40.3 million 
victims of human trafficking right now across the world. And that's also how I know that there's over 800,000 individuals that have just been documented in the U.S. as human trafficking victims. Those are pretty high numbers, don't you think? Me too. It gets a little bit worse, though, because I'm reading all these stats and I'm collecting them from organizations like Our Rescue and Human Save, A21, all these organizations dedicated to fighting human trafficking. And I find out that the survivor rate of human trafficking to escape or to be rescued is only 3% out of that 40.3 million. 3% people. It gets a little bit worse though. Because of that 3%, 2% within the first five years will either take their life or return back to the life of no freedom. So let's just say we have a problem, guys. 40.3 million over 800,000, 3%, 2%. That means there's only 1% of survivors walking around in this world. 1%. That has to affect you at some level. So now we're talking about human trafficking and I just told you what it was. I just told you how many lives it's impacting. So we're gonna take a small little break and then I wanna tell you about how it does happen. And then obviously if we know how it does happen, we'll be more equipped to be able to figure out how to stop it. Hi guys, welcome back. So I'm super excited to talk about this next segment where we actually get to learn how does this happen? How does human trafficking happen in the US? Not just in that third world country or in Asia or Africa, but right here. How does it happen to someone that isn't at risk? How does it happen to someone that is just normal with two loving parents goes to a normal school, middle class, upper class, lower class. How does that happen? So human trafficking and traffickers, they're not easy to spot. In fact, being someone that has gone undercover and been able to see them face to face and also being a survivor, they look like everyone else. They don't look dangerous. Remember the whole stranger danger thing? It doesn't really help us here. We need a little bit more. So that's why I wanna go into this. We live in the day and age where everything is online and it's incredible to be able to be like, hey, I wanna order my dinner from an app or I wanna rent a car from a website or I want to talk to my friend in Japan on Facebook. These are incredible 
assets that we have in today. Human traffickers also have those assets. They have those abilities to be able to connect with us online. And that's where we need that education and awareness for our children and for ourselves. Because that same thing that's being able to connect you to anything else in the world is also connecting anything else in the world to you. So we need to be aware of social networks like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, websites in general, chat rooms. Not because we don't love those things and not because we're gonna stop using those because I can tell you myself that I love social media, but we just need to be aware of what we're putting out there. That being said, it's not just online. A lot of recruitment from traffickers happens in home neighborhoods, especially for children. If you're a little bit older, maybe you're in college or maybe you're a young professional, it happens in clubs and bars. And sadly enough, it happens to our children in their schools. Not because there's this evil man or woman walking around, but because it's affecting other children. And it's all about connection. So victims are lured through promises and protection of things like love, getting things that they always wish they wanted, some grand adventure, if you will, or even getting away from their current home life situations. So that being said, yes, it can happen to the everyday child, but there is definitely people that are at risk, that are at a higher risk for trafficking. That may be the runaways, the homeless, those struggling through addiction, individuals that have a traumatic history of some type of abuse or neglect. So. That's how it's affecting the U.S. That's how it's affecting people like you and me and our children. There's definitely different ways and every single case that I've ever read about has been different. And that's why we need to go a little bit further. So we just went over a lot of information. We talked about what human trafficking is, how it's affecting us in the US, talking about the reality of the numbers, and then also how it is happening here. With all that being said, I'm gonna cut it a little bit short today, but I wanna bring up one thing that is near and dear to my heart on when we're talking about human trafficking, especially if you do come in contact with a survivor or a victim. A couple of myths about human trafficking. The first one I wanna talk about is the fact that it's not always, or even usually, a violent crime. We talked about fraud, coercion, and then also force earlier. Force is only one of them. A lot of times they're using tactics that are a little bit more sneaky and a little bit more under the radar. So keep that in mind. Don't always think about the movie Taken. Think about, I don't know, maybe more along the lines of blackmail or 
kidnapping in the sense of threats. Just broaden that scale a little bit more for me. And we'll definitely go more into that as we go more into the podcast. Also, I want to definitely be very clear that human trafficking and prostitution are very different. And the fact that human trafficking is, again, a lack of choice with force, coercion, or fraud. That being said, there can be some overlap. And in fact, it's not even uncommon. A lot of times, when things are bleak, when things are at risk, and you're putting food on the table for children, or even trying to just survive yourself, you may go into different directions that you typically wouldn't do. That's where the crossover can happen whenever force, coercion, or fraud becomes part of that. So just going over those two myths and clearing them a little bit more up for us, I think that's how I'm going to start ending most of these podcasts. Going over some of the things that we need to reconstruct in our minds. I hope that you definitely keep joining me as I continue doing this podcast. I hope that you learn something. I hope that it's impactful. And I hope that together, we can be the models who stop traffic. Okay, till then, have a great day. Go educate somebody. And then ponder on these thoughts.